Welcome to episode seven of the XD podcast. In today's episode, we're gonna be talking about art, culture, and NFTs. Joining me today are my esteemed guests, friends, and colleagues, Ilya, Mitya, Zoha, Joe, and Isaac. Thank you all very much for joining me today. Hello. Hello. Hey, everyone listening. (laughs) Nice one, guys. Thank you all. Um, So if you've been living under a rock um, for for the past wee while, you will um, not know that NFT stands for non-fungible token. So in economics, a fungible asset is something um, with with units that can be sort of readily interchanged, similar to money, obviously. With money, you can swap a £10 note uh, with two £5 notes and it'll have the same value. However, something that is non-fungible, this this is obviously impossible. It means that it has unique properties, so it can't be interchanged with anything else. It could be a house, a painting. Uh, it's, it's essentially one of a kind. And you can take a photo of a painting or buy a print and there will, ever, there will only ever be one original painting. So NFTs are sort of these one-of-a-kind assets, and that's what makes them really interesting in the digital world, where they can be bought or sold like any piece of property um, and, and have no sort of tangible form of their own. So obviously, Bitcoin was sort of hailed as this new digital answer to currency. NFTs are sort of being touted as the digital answer to collectibles. Obviously, like before, there are plenty of skeptics that say that this is obviously a bubble that's going to burst. Um, you know, and that's been something that's been said for, for a while. The same skeptics are essentially saying the same thing about NFTs. It's really funny, the, the hype around this, how, like, how much this has like, died down. I, we're obviously recording this a little bit late, obviously, for, for the massive amount of sort of press that, that this got. And I think it's also really revealing sort of how quickly trends are changing, especially within the, the pandemic. Loads of news is going us quite fast. So things are sort of, uh, you know, shifting on a sort of weekly basis. Um, but I'll come on to this in a little while, and I, I have a sort of feeling that NFTs, similar to Bitcoin, they won't be going away anytime soon. So I think I'm going to start off with Joe, um, just leading into this. And uh, Joe, I just really want to get your sort of input. You had some really interesting things to say, I think, when we've been chatting previously about this. Um, what, what was your sort of first thoughts on NFTs in general? What, what did you think was interesting about the sort of tech that's come from it, the, the trends, the cultures that have come from it, or, or possibly some things that you find that, that haven't been interesting? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's a lot to talk about, isn't there? Um, I think, you know, and these are things that we had in previous conversations, but um, yeah, my, my initial impression of NFTs as something of significant value to culture and to and to kind of creative output and to commerce and, and stuff like that and industry um kind of centered around the idea of something being traceable like that felt very powerful um and the idea of like authorship which i think you know in the digital realm is yeah increasingly fleeting and difficult to to kind of negotiate or retain um, it's diff- you know it's difficult to make something that isn't uh, copyable um, or or kind of fakeable. Um, so yeah, so I was kind of initially very interested in the idea of like okay, one of a kind um, objects or assets or create bits of creative that can be bought and sold, um, which is great for for the people that make these assets um, and the people that have been making content like for free for so many years so like some incredible talent um 
is just sort of taken for granted. So in some ways it gives the, that sort of creative output. So like, you know, some of the stuff I've been seeing on Twitter and stuff like basically just like lots of really like slick 3D animations and kind of playful bits of motion and uh, yeah, kind of multi-sensorial kind of artifacts. Like all this stuff is great and it's, it's brilliant that the creators of, of, of these assets can, can in some way be, you know, um, it, it's given a little more respect, um, but, it, but it's kind of given, it's given more respect via the, the legitimacy of capital, which to me is always like uh, a strange, uh, a strange um, sort of, how do I put this? It's just like a strange space. It's it's the idea of, of people not seeing value in anything until uh, it's bought or sold for a significant amount of money. It's like a you know it's like the difference between uh, a hit record and one that's really underground and niche. Like you know the fact that uh, whatever some of my favorite bands haven't sold the most records in the world ever doesn't necessarily like invalidate what they create or I mean it's you know less important to culture and to society so I think that's that's kind of the root of what troubles me about the whole trend mostly is that uh it's really really driven by capital and it's the idea of creating kind of traceable uh and kind of ownable assets but purely for the benefit of capital um rather than necessarily for the benefit of the artwork or for the, you know, the artwork's value in its truest sense. It's, you know, all the headlines relate to the prices that things were sold for rather than the actual things that were sold. <laughs> and I think that's very telling. Um, and I'm an amateur, you know, within the space of NFTs. This is new to me as it is to everyone else. And I could have been doing a lot more reading than I have. But it's yeah, it's it's um it's interesting to see how everyone's kind of latched onto it, and and also how how people, you know, culture moves incredibly quickly, and already people are kind of making memes out of you know, NFT type culture, and uh, you see lots of comedians on Instagram and Twitter doing very very funny things on the topic. So it's uh, yeah, it's rife for debate, and uh, yeah, be interesting to hear what you guys think too. Totally, totally. I mean, it's all good stuff. I think it's really interesting hearing your perspective on it. Like you touched on, I guess, the different types of, of mediums that, that people are using, obviously creating NFTs, a lot of it very, very similar to digital artwork now sort of moving into sort of like motion. I've been particularly interested with uh, the, the sort of relationship with sound and uh, with audio that the, the, the people are actually um, adding adding to this also and I think that you know you can almost an NFT can be anything it could be an audio clip it could be I've actually seen uh, designers create UI pieces of UI pieces of, of digital products as well and I think that that's a really interesting thing but but for me it's sort of I guess the bigger picture that might that might arise from this and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll sort of come on to it later but I think it, it, in its infancy it, it's very sort of uh, I guess linear at the minute I'm interested to see how this space develops when it becomes more about I, things things that might sort of uh, become more 
ownable, more sort of like assets, I guess, in the future. When, when we look at things like virtual, for example, or, or, or sort of connotations or um, influence on, on things like fashion, right? Or things like music, how that might sort of evolve. And this is why I sort of feel that, you know, they're talking about the sort of the bubble bursting. I think NFTs in its current sense are quite trivial. Uh, obviously, like everything's being talked about, it, it's the price, right? The price of it is... Uh, arbitrary in my in my opinion at the minute i think that the technology much much the same as sort of crypto uh, the the sort of the, the the transactional of of money and bitcoin wasn't the real interesting piece of technology it was blockchain that underpinned it and from that you've seen an nfts being able to grow and so for me that is the technology and the the way that people might use that in the future that, that is particularly interesting i agree um i can add to the fashion bit i've been following it from a fashion perspective and I found it very interesting how the timing of this is really important as well. The fact that fashion industry in, in general right now is trying to innovate more than ever. And they always like doing things probably as well. Usually it used to be all around, you know, physical world and everything. But now you can see brand jumping into understanding technology, you know, more digital world. And I, I can see now a trend of them even trying to experiment more and more innovative and new, new things like NFT, for example. And I think a couple of days ago, Gucci have announced that they are going to be doing their own NFTs, which is which is big. Obviously, Gucci is one of the brands that always try to do something crazy and did the first ones to innovate in you know virtual worlds. So I think it's really interesting seeing how luxury brands are trying to own the space as well. Um, probably as well, there's a lot around uh, you know how. Um, there is more into the virtual world now. People have been living more in a virtual world than ever. So I think there is a more presence around that and value of how you present yourself as well in the, in the, in the virtual world. So, and one of the things obviously is passion. So um, there's a couple of as well virtual environments that's trying to achieve something similar around um, NFT trading NFTs in specific virtual worlds, which I think is really interesting. I guess it's more, it's as you said, Ben, I think it's really good way of thinking. The technology is so interesting and it's something new. And I feel like there's so much that it needs to evolve with time and every type of industry probably will try to experiment with it more or less. Um, and then it will probably start to have a, a more, you know, crafted shape into what it is really. But um, it's an interesting kind of new, uh, when I say it's not really as new, the thinking the technology has been there. It's more the application of it in different um, um, you know, sectors and ways is, is very interesting. And the ownership, I think, is really interesting. The whole being able to be able to track it and maybe trade it and exchange it. Um, I just think about it being the money aspect of it is sometimes a bit weird, like it's how expensive it can become. It's very interesting, but I, I'd love to see as well hear other people's opinion about like, you know, do we feel it's something that in the future is going to become the norm versus it being just a hip and trendy thing? Yeah, totally. This, this is what really interested me as well, because I saw what Gucci was doing, but there was this other sort of account on Instagram and they were basically offering the ability to um, you know, someone would send in a photo and then they would use augmented reality to basically like put some kind of really expensive virtual uh, garment on them. And I thought that that was a really interesting idea. The idea that you're renting these virtual garments and there's some kind of, you know, 3D designer that's there putting it on you. And in the age of influence that that sells, right? Like people, there is an allure there for, for people. Um, 
what does the NFTs look like in that space, right? When people are sort of like customizing their their digital avatar and blending that with their their physical sort of online persona presence, like you know, trying to display themselves how they how they want to be seen. I think there's some really interesting things there for for the future of of NFTs. Um, but yeah, what what Gucci and I think a lot of the other uh, the other big brands are are doing is, uh, you know, they usually sort of pave the way. Interestingly, there is also a, it's an ICO called Mana that basically underpins Decentraland. I don't know if you will have heard about Decentraland. Yeah, essentially, people here are able to buy plots of land in a in a virtual world that that is currently being built, um, and you use Mana and and similar to NFTs, you're buying these plots of land, and essentially the idea is that one day you'll be able to walk around this village have your own plot of land and, and build uh, some form of house on it. And it's funny, there, there is also pots of land that have been bought over by big corporations, big, uh, big companies. And, and as you get closer to things like parks or, or shops, et cetera, pots of lands obviously get more expensive. Whether these things will go somewhere, like, like where the, the sort of virtual assets is all going to be dependent on, uh, you know, I guess I guess if consumers adopt the the virtual world that we've spoken about in, in previous podcasts as well. It's interesting that you mentioned Decentraland because I think and I you know these kinds of assets do have a value in that realm. Um, but I I've, I've been kind of uh, playing around with it and and kind of walking around different environments and and seeing what I can do and speaking to different people and. While there is this dream of this kind of like parallel universe that is virtual and that we all exist within and this metaverse, as some people refer to it, it's we're, we're very, very far away from something that feels in any way from where I'm standing and based on my experience, compelling. It feels like, and you know, I'm sure this aesthetic is intentional, but it feels like an N64 game. It feels like low fidelity and, and, it, and not just in its uh, aesthetics, but also in its experience in general. Um, so I do agree. It's like, it'd be really interesting to see how these kinds of, you know, assets evolve and how they're applied and used in different environments. But in order for them to perhaps become very, very useful and very valuable in a more pragmatic way, the the environments they exist within also have to evolve there's like a, a kind of connection between those two things a sort of symbiosis anyway. yeah yeah that's, that's <laughs> also interesting from the perspective of how you kind of discover an uh, nfc's at the moment and that's exactly a joe what you were just talking about uh that's i mean the moment it would be more accessible and it, it's already more and more accessible from and from day today uh, but the huge change i believe would happen when it when it would be really accessible to everyone um and really you know change the perspective of being you know techy or geeky or something because i mean clearly you've been open up with this it's like everyone perceived this as a bitcoin at the moment like bitcoin was perceived in years ago uh, like what is it and now everyone why i haven't bought at least one uh, and Probably in 10 years, we would all be saying why I didn't NFT'd my, uh, my tweet or something that I retweeted from Kardashian. Uh, I, I won't be a millionaire by now. 
um, you know, things like that. Because uh, my dear friend Ilya, who is also on the call, he's actually did an NFT, and then I was I just failed found it. I mean, it's not that easy. <laughs> it is somewhere. He sent me a screenshot, but I can access it because it's so many NFTs, and they just you know it's just a stream of NFTs. All the people like trying experimenting with it, and it's really not like very very accessible. Uh, and even I, I was never considering buying his uh, uh, screen, has a screencast while he's typing notes on, on his iPhone for five thousand pounds. Still, um, I mean, I, I still want to look at it uh, like in a very easy and accessible way. And this is kind of a huge barrier uh, for now. Yeah. The the one other kind of topic that um in, in relation to NFTs and their their use or their value. To me, is like this whole the whole idea that kind of underpins and is informed by capital and value. Um, the idea of like ownership, and that being of like you know that being the most important thing that we should be focusing on, which seems in some way fundamentally flawed and sort of colonial. It's a bit like this is mine, and you will never have it. And that says something about society that's like, to me, like for, you know, from a, from a higher altitude, just in terms of how we understand, like, or how we, how we, we relate to each other and this whole idea of ownership um, and how capitalism actually informs this whole structure for how this kind of, a, this asset is, is kind of forms that is, and is, is applied and is traded. It's like, that I find slightly troubling. Like, yes, capitalism is not going to end tomorrow, but there's something about there's something about saying to the world that this is mine and it will be ne never be yours. That seems a little strange to me. Like, if I have a, if I have a really cool NFT, like, how, why couldn't I transfer ownership of it for a period of six months to you, Ben, so that for a while you could like be the owner. Or, or whatever that model looks like, I don't know. But there's this sort of permanence and this kind of like, um, this sort of almost like capital capitalist aggression no, <laughs> to the whole, uh, the whole trade, which, I, which doesn't say much about the people who are necessarily putting their time into creating these assets or the people who are buying them. Yeah, you're you're totally right. It's it's vanity, and and I think that's where my my sort of conflict, internal conflict, NFTs comes up, right? Like, it's a status symbol a lot of the time. I do feel as though that initially NFTs were sort of inflated in cost because you know pe people knew they'd be able to sort of sell them on, right? It was a yeah, I can do this. Look how much I can sort of spend on this. I seen some people as well, like um, they've used sort of iPhone watches, the the face of iPhone watches, and created necklaces so they could actually show off their uh, their NFTs whilst walking. It's tokenism in in a sense, you know, being able to say I've I've purchased this and this is mine and you can't have it. And I think that that is really interesting, especially when there is this sort of uh, push towards sort of uh, the shared economy. And now that we're sort of living in the shared economy where everything is becoming sort of decentralized, all of a sudden we're we're sort of, you know, going going against that with this, um, going full circle. Um, but touching on what Mitya was saying, if we if we bring it back as well, because I think this leads on to a really nice point. And and what Mitya was saying um, with regards to 
access and, and ownership is really interesting. It touches on a lot of what we've spoken about previously with this as being sort of like, what is the sort of longevity with this? And I think we can't really sort of go on with this podcast without really talking about the sort of the, the, the detrimental effects of this also, right? The, the economic effects that this has, which are really, really catastrophic and, and could, could be sort of really, really sort of um, one of our main sort of crises and issues to face um, thus far in, in existence, human existence. I think particularly because I think with a lot of this stuff, there is clear that there's a huge amount of potential um, and, and there, it could open up loads and loads of doors later in the future. I don't necessarily know what they are, but it could open up loads of avenues for us to develop and progress. It, it's like, how do we sort of create this technology with an eye of making it renewable, something that, something that we can use without having a, a harmful or negative effect on, on, on the planet. Um, interestingly, like to, to, to sort of like focus in on this, there was uh, an artist in particular who was trying to cut down his emissions 10% every year. I don't know if you guys will, will have heard of this guy. He was trying to do it. And then, you know, obviously when NFTs came about, he decided that he would release an NFT. But what he didn't realize is because of the way that the sort of NFTs pass from, you know, user to user, every sort of transaction that, that, that comes from, from that original transaction, obviously costs, it has a cost, a negative cost of, of emissions. He had created a, essentially a beast and let it loose. And, and every, like, even though he's tried to stop it, it's no longer in his hands. And so you know, we're, we're doing these things, especially right off the bat, that will damage us you know, for, for years to come going forward that, that we sort of have no control over. Yeah, I think um, so. From a sustainability point of view and carbon footprint point of view, that's sort of where my main issue with the whole NFT thing is. So, sort of as you're touching on, sort of each transaction has like an incredible impact on the environment. I think it's like a single transaction will like is equivalent to the same amount of electricity as like power in a small house for like four days or something mental like that. So, I guess for me if it was really about like the art and the creative of all these sort of independent artists and that was the, the main focus why couldn't this be done outside of nfts and blockchain so it really sort of for me makes me question if it's like even at all about the artists and the and the, the visuals or, or the or the audio or, or the video content whatever it may be so that's sort of one of my main problems with with the, with the whole thing really yeah, I agree. I, um, there, there, it's it's this whole thing about like to take one step, like they take what is it they say, two steps forward, one step back. Like society usually kind of evolves in this way, whereby we we sort of somehow uh, technology or or kind of uh, the way we think and the things that we produce kind of push us forward in these really big dramatic ways. But then we kind of, in in taking that leap, sort of learn from it and and realize, okay, maybe we could have done this slightly differently. Um, so maybe that's that's where we are now. Uh, I totally agree. I think you know, it's almost like um, <laughs> just feels frivolous to me. It feels kind of like uh, it doesn't feel important enough and i think the things we we've already spoken to um that relate to some of the maybe perhaps negative uh 
aspects of of this whole idea of trading and NFTs and and capital and value and ownership. Um, and as Ben put so eloquently, vanity, it's like really about, that's the idea of tokenism and vanity and, and kind of luxury almost and ownership. It's like, do we really need, <laughs> do we really need to propagate those, those values? Um, and, uh, you know, whilst also stomaching the, the kind of negative environmental impact, um, Perhaps not. I'd be very ha- I'd, I'd happily be argued the other way, but that's really where my head's at with it. Um, yeah. It's like- yeah, I think like <clears throat> with some of the things, it's not like it's a black and white. I like totally agree. Like the the environmental impact is huge, partly because um, even like the technology probably not really designed for this constant exchange and like the, the NFT is just a form of a token could be anything, right? And NFT is just like, uh, uh, you know, came out uh, as one of an idea, probably been tweeted by Elon Musk, uh, took a flight uh, and here, here we go. Uh, yeah, and like the, the, you know, the greenhouse effect is huge actually. Like, I think it's even more, I think it's like, you know, some of the NFTs like cost almost like a few flights of a like full plane, uh, you know, between countries. It's like, it's crazy. Um, not mine, <laughs> uh, which was just a creative attempt of trying to make me to pay me back. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, like also I, what I wanted to, chat, uh, to touch on, like what Joe was saying, um, about this being always like driven by economy, like friends lab Labovitz had this amazing beat saying, if you ever went to Christie, you'll notice that no one applauds when they uh, when they bring the Picasso, everyone's applauds when they name the price. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like hilarious, uh, but sort of like exactly the same uh, idea here. I think it started like something quite interesting. Um, it started from, um, by the way, like the team who launched it all uh, was the same team that did the CryptoKitties. Uh, then they made this collaboration with um, the sport brands in, in USA. I think with some ba- baseball brands or like basketball brands. And uh, yeah, they, they made those tokens that represents moments in the game which, you know, went really high. Uh, but yeah, like it created the whole the whole thing. What's also interesting is that idea of borrowing, which actually now is a big conversation uh, because um, now they created what's called like crypto pools. So like DeFi pools, which is like pools with shared uh, money from different members of crypto community. And to get the money from crypto pool, you need to put uh, money in it because there is no way to guarantee you'll return money. So you usually put, um, you usually put, uh, you can take 80% of what you put in a pool. Um, and another way to make this collateral work is actually contribute NFT. Uh, the problem with NFT is that the price of NFT jumping like, up and down crazy. Um, and I think like now everyone is trying to figure out how to make it a bit more stable, but there is an idea of lending and actually borrowing 
and um, you know all of this, but probably still quite uh, you know uh, backed up by money and how you can uh, get some benefit on the back of it. That, that's really interesting as well. So the idea of like actually the NFT um, becoming yet another currency that is really traded and borrowed and bought and sold as any other currency. To me, then there seems a, a very stark uh, friction between the intent of an artist creating an NFT and uh, the way in which it's used. It literally becomes capital in every sense of the word. Um, and that's, that's in one way really interesting and in another really troubling. Um, yeah, it's a bizarre- Yeah, but it's bizarre, similar bizarre like state. to other assets. I guess what you're saying is like it becoming an asset, it's not becoming like an artwork, it's becoming an asset, just like uh, Picasso. Yes, exactly. Just like Picasso, and 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 I guess what I'm saying is is there's there's a. It's interesting to me when uh, an artwork um, is created as an NFT and bought and sold, just like any artwork that's physical would be, but then for the the lit the 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 worth and the value of that artwork to, to really only be dictated or to, to revolve around purely its mechanical function as capital. Um, so like with, uh, that's what, that's what I find quite troubling with Picasso. Yes. Like you could, you could argue the same point. Like it's no longer a painting. It's just a lump of money. Um, but many people would say, this is a huge, this is a part of art history, you know, this is a huge part of, um, of like European culture um, and of the legacy of the artist. And it says a lot about art at that time in that region by this artist. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a, there's a kind of legacy. And yes, you could say all the things about an NFT, I suppose too, but in, in it becoming pure capital, you almost strip a lot of that, cultural value um, away um, it, it really functions as a number and then it feels to me as though it in a, in a more obvious kind of straightforward way you know crosses that line um, into I don't know a sort of new form of art or a new form of capital I almost feel like because of the whole scarcity and sort of limited edition thing, it almost assigns it an automatic quality, regardless of the quality of the actual piece of art. So it's what takes it, you have essentially two values, it's NFT value. And then if this was a postcard or like a poster, how much would you pay for this, this visual? I guess that sort of thing. So it's like, I find it quite strange really. Yeah, really good points guys. Um... I think, you know, just, just before we, we sort of finish off, I guess, with this, I think it's worth just circling back and, and thinking about, um, you know, what, what the sort of, I guess, where we think this might go in the future. Does this have any impact on the work that we do on a day-to-day? -day? I think we've covered a lot of these topics. Uh, you know, what, what's sort of interesting for our clients or, or what was the sort of potentially interesting space um, for, for our industry in, 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 as a whole? I'm literally like waiting for the day when we get a brief that says create an NFT for blah, blah, blah campaign, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, on Salesforce. Exactly. <laughs> With no customization. Um, I, I know it's coming. Um, I, I, I don't know, like you were saying, I think at the top of this, this recording, like for the session, um, it'll be really interesting to, to see how long it hangs around for and, and how, and what the trend actually translates to. Um, I think with a lot of the clients we work with, and this is not, you know, a gen, a rule, you know, I'm not trying to paint them all with the same brush, but sometimes they're slightly more on, on the back foot in terms of an innovate innovation. And it's our job to really like help them make the, you know, their aspirations from a technology or an experience perspective or a reality. Um, so probably we have a little bit of a, a lag before this actually hits the, the creative brief and starts becoming something that we're actually working directly with. Um, it will be really interesting to see uh, which, which sectors and which kinds of clients have an appetite for it and which don't um, and why. But I, I struggle to make a guess at this stage. I think it's going to be more of a strategic uh, ask of us when it does come to us, where it's kind of what you mentioned, where like, I remember like five years ago when a lot of people were like, how are we going to use blockchain? And it was like the first, the sort of, the sort of first thing is, okay, like it's technology. Like, let's start with like, what's the problem that we're trying to solve? And then how might that actually be a potential solution to that problem? And so like, it always starts with like making sure that they're asking the right strategic question or, or like identifying a problem to solve with the technology. But like, yeah, like, especially when it comes to sort of more like marketing related or like campaign related stuff, it's always like, we want to have a campaign with an NFT go. So like, it's always about like repositioning the strategic question. I do think there's something interesting about um, uh, potentially making it more sort of like, like human, but like the whole idea of like um, NFTs, because it's also kind of like blockchain where like, if you, if you, if you look at how like blockchain companies talk about blockchain, they talk about the technology when they're like, even if they do have like a valuable service for people. And so like part of what, how we can help um, our clients going forward is like, how do you actually communicate the value of something like an NFT to people in language that people can understand the value and understand how to like use it and keep it safe and stuff like that. So there could be a way for us to actually not necessarily use NFTs, but like help clients understand how to communicate the value of NFTs and potentially also like help them understand how to communicate that in general to people. Thank you all. I think this honestly brought us some really, uh, really interesting points, I guess, throughout the throughout the entirety of, the, of this discussion. I think this is probably been one of our best uh, to date. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it in, uh, in future sessions to come. But just time to thank all of you for your efforts uh, today. Um, and, and yeah, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Cool. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, everyone. Thank